I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to The Female Gaze. I'm Jessie Katz. I am co-hostless today, but that's okay because I have two guests in the studio. So who needs a fourth? I think three is company. Is that the phrase? And four would be a crowd. Sorry, Alana. Miss you, though. Uh, joining me in studio today, Claire Wasserman and Ashley Louise from Ladies Get Paid. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you guys are people that I admire professionally and are also best friends with my dog. Uh, I guess we should explain that. So we all happen to live in the same apartment building together. <laughs> we order a lot of packages. <laughs> yeah, and you Jessie's guys do. very kind to take care of our packages. <laughs> I have done that, and sometimes you take care of my dog. This is true. So it's a nice quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so you guys have. Uh, started this business that helps women. Sorry, I'm untangling my feet from all these cords down here. Um, that helps women advocate for equity and pay parity and all those wonderful things in the workplace. Lord knows we need the help. So I want to ask you about all of that. Um, but before we get to that, let's do a little round of float your boat and be in your bonnet. So float your boat is something that is floating your boat this week. So something that you watched, that you heard, that you read. Something that is turning you on, something in the realm of the female gaze could be a movie, a show, something that you Mm. witnessed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to just jump in really quickly here. So I I watched the Elizabeth Warren uh, town hall. Actually, it was with Ashley. Sorry. We, (laughs) we, um, so impressed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I didn't see it. We've always been fans of Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. This woman explained complex issues but did it in such a clear way yeah. and and was a great storyteller too I mean she would start you know she would kind of lay the groundwork and then she knew how to kind of bring the crowd to a, to an exciting loud place uh-huh. she also knew how to work the crowd yeah. I mean she looks I mean, listen, she's a professor. That's what I realized when she was basically teaching was right. as a professor, you should be breaking down these, you know, large concepts into bite-sized, you know, pieces that mm-hmm. we can all understand. And I mean, I was just really blown away. Um, and I, I gave her money. I've just started really? to give money to, so to candidates. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Immediately gave her $25. That's awesome. So will you give money to candidates that you're not necessarily going to vote for? I'm going to give money to candidates uh, to women, Yeah, you know, or, or to men who I think, you know, I want to support, of course, uh-huh. you, you have to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I just want to I want to show these women that they're doing a great job. And hopefully by giving them money that will incentivize other politicians mm-hmm. to, to up their game also. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to reward the behavior that you want to see. Totally. And, you know, women traditionally have a harder time raising money than men. And that prevents them from running for office. And we need more women to right. run for office. So. You know, we talk about ladies getting paid and they should, too, because more women need to run for office and they need to run for higher offices. They need to run for 
every form of office, but we want to support them. Totally. I will admit that I recently unsubscribed from Kamala Harris's listserv because the emails were like jarring to me like the subject lines yes. were weird <laughs> i was triggered i i just delete it but i um yeah at a certain point i was like so i just don't need to keep getting these i don't get enough from these emails like i'm following her and and i can you know donate on her website um but the emails that would pop up that were like hey jesse we need to talk and i wouldn't realize at first who those were, from. <laughs> <I> <laughs> were really unnerving I mean, you opened it. yeah yeah that's true I don't know. It felt like harassment. Um, anyway, okay. Ashley, what's your boat this week? Um, my boat, I mean, I guess still in the political vein here. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Hillary Clinton were tweeting at each other last night. And that <laughs> oh, just amazing. really, and, you know, they were calling out sexism uh-huh. while doing it together. And that just felt like a really nice everyone- meaning women just coming together to call out the bullshit. Was there something specific that triggered this? Yeah, you know, this? they're talking about how Jared Kushner is using WhatsApp to, like, do <laughs> right. government business, and it's like, but his WhatsApp. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And Hillary's <laughs> like, tell me about it, yeah. you know? And it's just, let's let's talk about the sexism, and let's all come together and support each other while doing it. Well, I also think what I personally loved about that was there was humor also, yeah. that humor was a part of it. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're aware women are funny. <laughs> We're still learning sometimes. Christopher Hitchens. We should tell him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, That was so funny. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with somebody in my office who randomly was talking about WhatsApp. And he was like, only drug dealers use WhatsApp. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's true. Or like, if I need to talk to a European friend or something. Right. Everyone who's not American uses WhatsApp. Right. right. Um, But then when I saw that this morning that Kushner was caught using WhatsApp, I was like, well, drug dealers and Jared Kushner (laughs) sounds about right. right, Also, maybe that guy was making a decent point. Um, okay, good. Those are excellent boats. Um, my boat this week. So this is kind of evergreen, um, but I keep kicking it down the road because there's something more timely every week that I want to mention. But there's this Georgia O'Keeffe quote that I read a couple months ago that I keep thinking about. So I just thought I'd share it. It's a quick one. Um, so she said about her work once, she said, I make up my own mind about it, how good or bad or indifferent it is. After that, the critics can write what they please. I have already settled it for myself, so flattery and criticism go down the same drain, and Mm. I am quite free, Mm. which I thought I need to keep in mind for myself more often. Mm -hmm. Do you you consider yourself a people pleaser? Uh... Mm, it's less about that for me and more about uh, being self-critical. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we find the self-criticism is a huge – it's a thread that just extends into everything that we do at Ladies Get Paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I always say what you you don't – you lose 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Or yeah. I'm just going to tell a quick story about that. So there's a woman in our community who told me that she discovered her dream job online. She, uh-huh. She's reading this description and it is – exactly what she's looking for. But then she looks at all of the requirements, right, the skills, the experiences, and she feels like, eh, I probably have about 60 or 70 percent of them. Mm-hmm. So she decides not to apply, mm-hmm. which is ironic because I think what men apply for jobs that they're maybe like 10 percent qualified for. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that, but there are statistics out there that will tell you exactly what the percentage is, and, and it's what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she doesn't apply, but fast forward a month, she meets a woman at one of the ladies get paid coffee meetups. And starts talking to her about what she does. And this woman says to her, you know, I think you'd be perfect for this role at at our company. It turns out it was the company 
And it was the role that this other woman had wanted to work at wow. but had not applied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out the role's still open. And so this this woman that she meets says, well, I'll make an introduction to the HR person. Mm-hmm. And fast forward, this woman gets the job. Wow. She gets the job. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think perfectly illustrates the ways that we as women um, and those of us who are perfectionists, maybe those of us who struggle with imposter syndrome, I mean, she was the one who decided that she wasn't going to get that job, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than letting somebody else tell her she wasn't good enough, totally. she told herself that. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I say self-criticism, I'm really meaning I'm anticipating criticism that I'll get from other people and I inflict it on myself first. Mm-hmm. It's like and, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how people are going to shoot this down um, instead of just like thinking about do I like it or not like it and then settle it for myself like O'Keefe said and mm-hmm. then and then whatever people think they think. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So be in your bonnet. Do you guys have anything top of mind? I feel like Ashley, well, first of all, how much time do you have? <laughs> I feel like I got all the time in the this world. This is just my beat. I was like, I Ashley like. could say mine. You can take mine as well. What's your, I don't want to oh. take yours. I mean, you can, you probably have multiple ones. Look, <laughs> mine. Again. People usually have more bees than boats, sadly. You know what? I also want to say another thing that was floating my boat, yeah. that there are two companies run by women that became unicorns in one week and that's Glossier and that's Rent the Runway and that's just like so awesome and amazing. became unicorns? They're valued over a billion dollars now and it's awesome and that's great. You know, we're rising, right? Uh And I uh love that and I guess the bee in my bonnet is still, you know, that tension between feeling like right? We're women and we're making these really amazing strides. You've got the unicorns, you've got women in Congress. And then kind of on the other hand, watching all of these things play out where, you know, Elizabeth Warren again is out here putting out these incredible policy proposals. And there are women, multiple women running for president at the same time and just seeing how differently the general cultural consciousness reacts to them versus other candidates who mm-hmm. don't have a ton of experience and they're cool and fun and the kind Beto. of outside I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I mean, name that name. Baby. You know, the outsized attention that they're getting and the money they're raising. And it's really frustrating mm-hmm. to watch that. And while at the same time feeling like you're watching something so remarkable happening and you're just kind of screaming into the void. Totally. And it's like, there's six women running for president right now. Right. Last time it was only one. Right. Yeah. So that's, I'm going to keep my temperature yeah. at like okay. a mild here and try to. <laughs> no, you can get hot. Yeah. What's my, what's my, you tell me, Ashley. I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is like one of those dating games. Like, Ashley, what is Claire's B? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so just riffing off of the unicorn. I got one. Okay, well, hold on. Riffing off of the unicorn. Wait, can I just say, I hate that it's the same term for that as for, like, the person that a couple is looking to have sex with. That's it very is. confusing to me. What? Yeah. You're I, like, wait I a minute. I just read an article on Cosmo about this today, about how queer women are getting so fed up with all the straight couples that are looking yeah. for a third to fuck mm, around with, mm-hmm. which are called unicorns. And there mm-hmm. are apps that are made specifically for that, mm-hmm. but straight couples are still bombarding. Well, listen, we just got to... Well, a, yeah. whatever people want to do in their own sexual lives, that's totally fine. Go yes. do it. Yes. Let's just make more women with billion-dollar companies, and then we can level that out. Amen. Well, the other billion-dollar company is Elizabeth Theranos. 
Right? Because I was thinking about how many female-run companies have been valued at a billion dollars. And I think one of the only ones that I can think of is Theranos. Canva. Canva. And then there's a woman in China who also has a, has a big company. Be in my bonnet with Theranos. God. Yeah. Um, I feel like the documentary could have been better than it was. It's Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I mean, listen, it's Alex Gibney, right? So he's the one who did Going Clear, mm-hmm. which is about sociology. He's Scientology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not my major. Okay. I, I was... mean, sociologically, Scientology is fascinating. Yes. Everything falls under sociology. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, this is true. So he, you know, is this amazing documentarian. It just felt kind of messy. You know, mm-hmm. it's such a good subject. Uh, and it, it was a little bit all over the place. Um, we love the book. We read Bad Blood. Ashley's giving a so-so face at that. I I wanted the saucier bits and Mm. haven't gotten any of them at any point. You know what I think, too? I think there should have been a lot of, speaking of the female gaze, a lot Mm -hmm. more women working behind the camera on that film. I Mm. think there's a lot of stuff that was not even touched on. You know, the dynamic between her and all these, like, really powerful older men. Yeah. And her and Sonny, right? And what? how does gender play into this whole thing where did we so, you know, talking about women running billion-dollar valued companies, did we just want one so badly that no one kind of picked up the lid there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, she wasn't necessarily doing things that every other man in Silicon Valley is doing, mm-hmm. right? Her behavior was not unique. The problematic thing there, A, was you're talking about healthcare. Mm-hmm. But I think one thing that has been very obvious to us that has not really been touched on, and it's probably because of the gender of the people who are covering this, is to me, it felt like she really was just like emulating really male Silicon Valley behavior. Yeah. And that's how that whole thing kind of went. It doesn't seem very like, how did this all happen to me? It, right. It happened because like, there was some gender dynamics mixed in with traditional Silicon Valley behavior. Yeah, and there were a group of men that she kept citing as her inspiration, right? This was like Michael Dell and Steve Jobs. Uh, And she said it enough times that made us realize, my God, I think she took bits and pieces of their qualities and stitched them together into this composite persona that she then adopted, Mm -hmm. right? And she has this very low voice. And what the documentary didn't do was really call it out. Mm-hmm. Didn't talk about gender at all. Mm-hmm. That being said, do I want to watch a documentary just about the gender dynamic with her? We need to learn about other things too, sure. right? Um, but I thought that was interesting that there was really no conversation about her relationship to her own gender yeah. uh, and to the people that she worked with. So the specific bee in your bonnet is how the documentary was was made or it's could been weird. Could, yeah. yeah, I wanted it to be more gendered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, along those lines, so my B this week is, this is not a new study. This came out in January, but someone finally forced me to look at all of the numbers and the 100 pages that were published. So it's the Annenberg Foundation study that they publish every year. Um, But this year, they looked at films from 2007 to 2018. Um, and so they're they're breaking down gender parity in Hollywood, in particular in positions of either director or editor, cinematographer, um, and also like studio execs. And so just a couple of things that popped out to me that I just think we should keep in mind because we feel like things are getting better, but then it's misleading to say they're getting too much better. Um, so across 
1,200 top-grossing fiction films from 2007 to 2018. So 1,200 films. There were 46 female directors. 39 of those 46 were white women. Four were black women, two were Asian women, and one was a Hispanic woman. And then they had a specific section that was called The Female Gaze is Missing in Film. And so this was looking just in the last two years across 265 top films from 2016 to 2018. There were only eight cinematographers who were women. Uh, so that's 3%, and zero of them were women of color. So that's the person who is literally holding the camera that is actually controlling physically the gaze that is applied to the characters in a film. These are not women, and they're generally not women that are directing those DPs. So we have a ways to go. Yeah, and I want to remind people that progress uh, is not linear, right? So you take two steps forward and then three steps backwards, mm -hmm. right? I mean, we've seen that even in our own business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look at statistics from women rising up into leadership, 70s and 80s, right, we got the nine to five movie, right? We're wearing mm -hmm. the shoulder pads. We're, we're going to work. Mm -hmm. uh, many for many women the first time, right? But that's a that's a, a privilege. I just want to mention that. So most women are going to work for the first time in the 70s and 80s. In the 90s, it flatlines. You are just not seeing them rise above middle uh -huh. management. Um, and, and I think there's multiple reasons for that, but I'm going to go ahead and say complacency. Mm. I think because there was so much noise in the 80s that women have arrived, you know, again, even words like year of the women, woman, which was last year for us, mm -hmm. that then creates this false reality that you know well we're done now mm -hmm. right and so, then that then if you're not watching it then it'll go down again I do think probably something that plays into that also is the increasing access to power right with it going up to the top and then women just being boxed out of mm -hmm. that right like the 80s was when Wall Street like really thrived mm -hmm. and those cultures just pushed women out mm -hmm. right and then they left. And I think because we see this, too. I mean, there are less Fortune 500 CEOs that are women this year than there were the year before. Right. Okay. And I think one thing that a lot of people are talking right now is the, the distribution of wealth and power in America. And I think the stakes are so high now for what theoretically like a white man can access mm -hmm. that there's so few other places for people to rise up. And it's just they have too much of a chokehold on it right. right now. And they're yeah. not going anywhere. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So how much of this discourages you and how much motivates you? <laughs> like when you hear these stats and because you're also preaching them, right? Like you're yeah. you're being very transparent when you go around talking about the situation. Yeah. Anger is fuel. Anger yeah. is energy. Um, you just have to be able to harness it mm -hmm. and use it as a way as a motivator and then making sure that you're self-care. Right. Because they're, they're, the high of this is we're angry, we're moving forward, we're moving fast. And then there's a crash because you also don't 
immediately see the fruits of your labor, right? Right. And and it's an interesting tension here between moving forward and moving fast and also being patient. Mm -hmm. There's both, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being energized and depressed at the same time. So you have to figure out how both of those things work in your life. Right. Um, Again, use the anger as fuel. And then the depressing part, well, that's, you know, justifies the price of a massage. I don't know. (laughs) I think the way that I deal with that is kind Uh of asking myself, what am I not going to do this? You know what I mean? Regardless of if I feel mad and discouraged or inspired and motivated, Uh you know, at the end of the day, like, this is what we care about. This is what we do. And if I'm not out here doing it and I'm this person who is so passionate about this that I've made it my life. Right. Who else is going to do that? Yeah. And focusing on the action. We're so deep into, you know, the doing part of it that you can't wallow. You just don't have the time or the energy to do that. Yeah. It's okay if you want to wallow, though. Yeah. I mean, a little wallowing (laughs) is healthy, right? I mean, self-care can be wallowing. Yeah. Yeah. We we call it designated dwell time. (laughs) And that's actually something that we teach in our classes. You know, if you get an email that kind of triggers you because it was critical feedback or something like that, Mm -hmm. we say, give yourself dwell time. So maybe 15 minutes, go and be really pissed off. Mm -hmm. Be angry at them. Be angry at yourself. Mm -hmm. That's okay, too, because emotions are like a bouncing ball on the top of a pool. So if you're pushing that ball down and you don't want to deal with it, what is it going to do? going to pop back up. Mm -hmm. So like sit in the feelings and then you go, okay, my 15 minutes are over. Now we're moving. It's like give yourself a timeout. And now that is over. And what are you going to do? Right. Um, I have a question about something you said earlier. I don't want to forget it. So when you're talking about how, um, for example, women will look at a job description and say, I don't have enough of those skills. I'm not going to apply. Whereas a man doesn't give a shit and will apply anyway. Something that I debate a lot with my friends is Is it useful to say, well, men do it, so we should do it too? Mm. I have a lot of thoughts on this one. Right? Or, and is that only okay because things are so unequal? But if things were equal, then we wouldn't want to do things just because men do them. You know, an example of we were talking about this recently was kind of, again, talking about like startup and VC behavior Uh about just like, trying to spend as much money as humanly possible as fast as you can do it. Mm-hmm. Right? What is it, like move fast and break things? Or? Yeah, it was Facebook and they yeah. broke democracy. Oh. So like maybe, <laughs> but right, like maybe let's not listen to that. Uh-huh. And I think there are certain times when there are things that men do that we should do, mm-hmm. right? Applying to a job that you want to apply to. That's an example of a time when you should do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, let's, like, talk about the 80s, right? Like, they broke the economy, right? (laughs) So I think it really just kind of has to come down to looking at all ranges of behaviors and saying, you know, which are the ones that work and which are the ones that don't. And, you know, I think we think about kind of work cultures in the same way, too, where it's like, oh, well, this is how it's done. Uh Yeah, it's done like this because, like, our workplaces were built by men and for men. And I think there's a lot of combative and competitive behaviors. You know, if you think about a sales team, right? It's very high intensity and it's almost a little abusive at times in these kind of cultures. And Uh well, that's not the right thing to do. Right. But again, there are things that come from like men's privilege and their confidence in the world that like, yes, we should be emulating, but Mm -hmm. some of the more irresponsible things like 
setting all your money on fire really fast. <laughs> sure. Like maybe we could not do those. And yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. not exactly the right thing to do here. So I think it's looking at the things that are positive in doing them mm-hmm. and then also breaking down some of these things that are considered best practices and actually asking if they are. Yeah. I do want to I do want to mention something called the double bind. Okay, so this is basically when a woman acts outside of what we would expect a woman to act, right? Mm-hmm. So this is when, you know, I come in and I'm assertive, but you perceive me as aggressive, mm-hmm. right? Or you label me a bitch. Mm-hmm. And if women aren't careful about that, right? It's this tightrope that we're walking, and this is why we're exhausted, mm-hmm. right? Where you go in, you you say what you believe in, but you do it with a smile. Right? And right. I hate that I'm telling women to smile. Uh-huh. But the 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 truth of all of this is if you don't soften your approach, you will be penalized for it. And, and interestingly enough, it's not just that men will judge you and call you a bitch, right? Women judge other women just as much. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like what that quote, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers did everything that Fred Astaire did, but backwards in heels. Right. So I don't think it's a matter of kind of acting like a man or not, but as Ashley said, picking the behaviors that you think can serve you mm-hmm. within your personality too, right? If you're trying to become somebody else or become a man, you'll never be as good as that. Right, right. right? So, so play to your own strengths yeah. too. I right. mean, there's that phrase, right? Like, Act like a mediocre white man, like, or operate with the confidence of a mediocre white man. <laughs> yeah, totally. But, but that's like, what I'm saying. Like, is like, that a good thing? And then you also have to consider, too, like, if you're a black woman, you can't do anything a mediocre yeah, totally. white man is because right. you're, like, going to get fired and uh, not going to get fired. But, like, there you have to understand people's contexts mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. But I also think a lot of people I talk to and myself, too, we walk around with this sense of, like, well, what's fair? And I can only ask for what's fair. And we like to think that the world is a fair place. So it's like, I don't want to ask for a raise that I don't necessarily deserve, except I know that other people are asking for that same raise. So who's to say Who's to say that you don't deserve it? Yeah. If you're telling that to yourself, chances are you have imposter syndrome, perfectionism, all the ways that women are socialized to right, sort right, of right. shrink themselves. Yeah. So I would, this is sort of one of those moments where you have to say, I don't think I actually know what's best for me. Mm. And you find an organization like Ladies Get Paid and hey. we'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Shameless plug. Yeah, that was perfect. Uh, when did each of you decide that this was going to be the thing you were going to put all your energy towards? Ooh, okay. So so I started Ladies Get Paid uh-huh. uh, and I did it for about seven or eight months by myself until I was like, holy hell, I need help. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I want to admit that I never considered myself a feminist. Okay. Okay. I was pretty anti-feminist uh-huh. because I had this complete misunderstanding of what a feminist was. We were taught to be anti-feminist. Exactly. And, and I learning... mean, I came from a liberal household and it was still like, oh, you have to be yes. careful. Well, what's wild about that is my mother was the third class of women at her college. Wow. Right. So she's a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. Never talked about it. Right. Right. We didn't use the word feminism in our house. Mm-hmm. Right. We, I think it was 90s, early 90s. Right. Feminazi mm-hmm. was a term that was coined. Yep. So so again, it makes sense that I was I was like this, but mm-hmm. I'm really embarrassed uh, to look back at that now. Fast forward, uh, I, w- I go to Cannes. So I, I went to an advertising festival that happens there uh, every year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walk into an event. This is the first party that I went to. And this older guy comes up to me smiles, sticks out his hand, and he says, hi, whose wife are you? And But innocent. Like, right. he wasn't trying to be sexist. He wasn't trying to be rude. Right. And I was so shocked that it just startled me out of out of how I've always lived. I yeah. mean, it made the rest of the week in Cannes 
everything that I looked at was through a gendered lens, mm-hmm. right? So when a guy, you know, he meets me and he starts looking me up and down, like that was magnified for me. So and it turned on your radar. It totally turned and on my radar. you couldn't it then at that point. Right. And yeah. that's actually something that I don't know if it was Gloria Steinem, but this is common in feminist literature. There's a quote, awakening, uh-huh. right? And a seeing and you can't unsee, right? Uh-huh. But if you've never noticed this stuff before, then you're going, well, what am I actually looking at here? All I know is that I feel uncomfortable. I feel changed. So after that week, I felt really depressed. I was also very hungover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I just started to write and I was trying to process what I experienced, how I felt about it. And in my writing, I I was internalizing what I experienced. So a lot of it was being objectified. So I'd be talking about the business, uh, pitching what I was doing. And, you know, the response would be, you're hot. Or, you know, and and I remember back in the day that would have felt flattering to me. Mm-hmm. This time it felt gross, but I still wondered, did I smile too much? Mm. Was my shirt too short? Mm-hmm. Right. This is like totally typical. Yeah. And I sent the essay to some friends. I I contemplated putting it online. I just felt like, you know, it might be looked at as if I were anti-men. I mean, just in the way yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. I was judging feminism, you know, would they see this as me saying, well, men are horrible. And But of course, the essay really wasn't about so much of what happened to me as uh-huh. it was my understanding and processing, right? But I felt like that nuance would be lost. Right. Um, so my girlfriends, you know, they they knew I wasn't going to post it, but they asked if they could share it with their friends. And I said, okay. Okay. Uh, and then the friends wrote back their stories. And, and everybody kept chiming in and going, well, here's my experience when it comes to this sort of stuff and how I've internalized these these things. Yeah. And it was really interesting to watch my essay kind of go viral in our inbox. And I'm looking at this going, again, what do you do with this? All of these people's stories were just kind of weighing on me. But it made me want to start digging into it further, right? So I remember, I distinctly remember Googling women in the workplace, okay? And I do want to mention this was in 2015. I mean, the world was a different place yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And I'm Wait, what were you looking for when you Googled that? I wanted to look What's at, so like, st- exactly. I didn't even know where to start <laughs> other than we know that shit's fucked up with women in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, what are statistics here? What is the wage gap, right? How right. many women are in leadership positions, uh-huh. right? And I was discovering these statistics that were so much worse than I ever thought, right? Less than 22% of women are making it past middle management. I mean, I assumed it would be kind of close to 50%, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Hispanic women make 55 cents to the dollar, mm. Right. Mm-hmm. I had thought it was 78 cents to the dollar. Not that that's OK when it comes to the wage gap. Yeah. And just being Is it 78 for white women. I think it's 78 as a 78 is like the average blended rate is it. the average blended rate. Yeah. And, and it breaks down approximately to 68 cents to the dollar for black women and mm-hmm. then 55 cents to the dollar for Hispanic women. And for me, I, you know, I felt so ashamed because as an educated person, the fact that I didn't know that was horrible. Yeah. And if I didn't know that then I can only imagine how many other people there are are ignorant to that. And and my feeling is, you know, when you discover things like that, you have two options, which is, you know, you you continue to read and you feel like shit or you stop reading. But then there was a third option, which is doing something. But then the question, of course, becomes what what can you as an individual possibly do to combat something that is so systemic, so overwhelming? You know, reading things like it'll take 216 years to close the wage gap. Guess what? We're going to be dead. Right. Right. So it's also interesting thinking about, well, I'm going to work towards closing this gap that I will never actually see close. Right. Also, 
sometimes Ashley and I joke that we're trying to put ourselves out of business, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we won't ever be out of business. Yay. Um, yeah. I, can I also ask, and this sounds like a joke, but it's not a joke. Do you ever worry about climate change and how that's going to make all of this pointless also? Like that's trying to be a real fear of mine. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I think I've seen a lot of women our age recently too talk about like not having, having children. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, if this is going to go down the mm-hmm. way that it looks like it's going to go down right now, mm-hmm. you know, do I want to have a child and like bring a person into this world? Totally. Um, I wonder when it's going to get to that point where we're really talking about that. I feel like we're 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 talking about it, but still abstract. Yeah, I think it'll depend who's in office. You know, Maybe. And, and the the platform, the amplification they'll give to that. I, I do find when Ashley and I are like watching, you know, TV or reading the news mm-hmm. and you're reading about all these other horrible issues, I, I just go, I can only handle one. We yeah, have our totally. beat. I'm in the woman beat. That's, I'm going to focus yeah, on like that. That's somebody else's yeah, mantle yeah, yeah. to carry. Yeah. Like totally. I'm there to support that mantle very, very profoundly. And you'll vote accordingly. And yes. Know, yeah. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I've only got enough. For sure. Like, that's my self-care. Right. Is, like, <laughs> choosing which apocalypse Listen, I only have, to stave yeah, off. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, I, you know, I do want to mention, you know, I'm reading these statistics and I'm, I'm getting depressed. And, and I didn't do anything for a year. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it was like, well, the option that I'm going to choose here is I'm just going to, I'm going to just not, I'm going to sit here. But I still kept reading. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, and then it took until a, a woman I knew came to me and she said that she realized she wasn't um, being paid as much as the men, you know, in her life. For her, it was more about she didn't know what to charge and mm. she didn't feel confident charging a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, but what do you think we should do? And I said, let's get a bunch of women together and say, let's talk about money and make it an open forum. And I, of course, knew that it would be a conversation much bigger than money. Sure. It would be more about what money represents. Uh-huh. So obviously that would be you know, worth and value and power. Mm-hmm. And power kind of encapsulated all of those statistics that I'd been reading because it comes down to influence. And the people at the top decide how it goes for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's what I did. This this was about two and a half, three years ago. Yeah, hundred women in a room. Let's talk about money. And that's where it started. But when did you actually start a business formally? Yeah. So kind of long story short, after that first event, uh, I had no other plans to Uh do events, make a business. I was sort of moving on with my life. What was your job at the time? Yeah. So I was the director of marketing for a company called Working Not Working. Okay. So Uh workingnotworking.com. It's a curated network of creative professionals, uh, mostly freelancers, people in advertising. Um, And so I was at the intersection of a lot of different companies and obviously the talent and and seeing company cultures and becoming more interested in helping people thrive at work mm-hmm. rather than just getting them the job. Um, and it also had the bird's eye view uh, of watching all of these people. Yeah. And so I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm still working at my job. I'm still interested in it. This was a one-time event. Yeah. Um, but because people wanted to continue the conversation, I created a Slack group. Okay. Uh, and I felt like Slack made more sense as a platform than Facebook since in the conversation around money, there were so many different sub-themes. Mm-hmm. Um, like salary negotiation could be one. How about legal, right? If you find out that there isn't pay parity, what do you do, mm-hmm. right? And so different channels uh, and also that it's private, that felt good. I invited everybody who came to the event, and a couple days later, I looked at the engagement. It was wild. These women couldn't stop talking to each other, mm. uh, and so I thought, okay, well, something's something's on here. Onto something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one who's really pissed off. Uh-huh. Cool. 
And then I realized that I would probably have to quit my job if I wanted to do this because otherwise working, not working would have owned it. Oh. Yeah, because the first event I did, it was with them. Okay. But I'm watching the Slack group and I'm seeing now that this could be a company where I hire career coaches Mm -hmm. and and it's a profit share Mm -hmm. and that there should be a conference that's sort of part personal self-betterment, right? But then also part advocacy because you can't just work towards helping yourself if the system is still fucked, right? Right. And that's not what Working Not Working does. Uh But again, the first event was with them and this could get kind of complicated. Right. So from the first event to when I quit, it was a month. It was a month. But I also want to say I had had two startups before Mm -hmm. that epically failed. So I kind of knew what I shouldn't do. Um, And also, and this is the privileged part, is I had paid off my student debt. I, you know, I had some savings. Mm -hmm. I don't have kids. I don't have health issues. Mm -hmm. And so the feeling here was what Ashley said before is, you know, if not me, who? And if not now, when? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was willing to take that leap. But again, I I always recognize the privilege of that. But listen, you know, if you have that privilege, how how dare you not use it for good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Is kind of how I was raised. Right. Yeah, I just, I feel like a lot of people have this thought of, I would really love to launch a business like this, but I just don't know when it's the right time. And so I think it's so interesting to think about what the, right. (laughs) But, but you, people who do do it have come to a point where they're like, this is the time, whether or not it's right. Yeah, I was, I was one of the, I was like pushed off the, the swimming pool edge. Yeah. Um, I mean, in thinking about my other companies, listen, it's always about how much you spend versus how much you make. Mm. So if you can make the financial sacrifices, Mm -hmm. then now is the time to do it. Right. Also looking at how many hours you have, right? So if mm-hmm. you're spending most of your hours at work and a little bit on your side hustle, that's fine. But there does become an inflection point, I think, where you realize, gosh, this side hustle is just never going to grow if I don't give it more hours. Right. And if you look at that and you look at your budget and you have a business plan, go for it. Yeah. All right, Ashley, what was your tipping point? Ooh, good story she has. Christ. Yeah. Uh, I very abruptly at a happy hour Uh at my company I was working at at the time, Uh I found out that the person who, you know, he left the company and, you know, I got that whole, you're doing such a great job. So we're going to move you into his role now that he's leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a few months later, I found out that he had made twice as much money as me. Twice. Like like a 2X, like a solid. (laughs) Wow. uh, It was more than 2X. It was like $100,000 more than me. How did you find out? someone just like told me. Wow. I mean, it's really crazy, right? And this Did they is, know that you were making less when they told you? Or it was like a I casual... Th- I mean, I think... And I have to ask him. It's funny that like there's a male at the root of this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is a really good point in like why we need to be talking about money and our salaries. Totally. Yeah. But I think maybe he had found out and was also kind of like, that's staggering. Mm. Um, And he told me. And I was just like what the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't yeah. know how else. And it just felt so shitty. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I had been feeling like I was doing, like, the best work I had been doing in my professional life. I was closing these really great deals and doing mm-hmm. really interesting partnerships. And to have that moment where you, like, think you're crushing it mm-hmm. and then to find out that your employer's, like, devalues you that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a staggering amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like really emotionally tough for me to deal with. Did you go ask for that money? Yeah. Yeah. But the issue was I didn't know what to do. Mm. Right. I was at this point where I was like, how do I even approach dealing with this? Right. I mean, I do have and I want to be clear. I don't think I should have been making as much money as he was. Right. Okay. I mean, he had 
many more years of professional experience than me. Uh-huh. I mean, I think that gap is insane. Um, and, you know, I don't we, we talk about right, like your coworkers making more money than you mm-hmm. and men making more money than you. Like, I don't always think it should be exactly the same. Um, I think it. But I there are a lot of times when it's not right. And this right. was a not right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I did not know what to do. I did talk to my boss. I like definitely cried. I stuttered. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's a lot of stuff to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, this was early 2016, I want to say. You know, okay. I mean? like, it was a very different world three years ago when, you know. Which is so crazy to say I that know. three years ago is a very different know, world. Like, we were not talking about money not the way totally. that we are now. Yeah. And you know, I had remembered that one of my friends, shout out Maria Pahuja, had sent me this link to this organization called Ladies Get Paid. Okay. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, that's like, I need that right now. <laughs> right? Who are you going to call? Yeah. <laughs> right. And You I, are the Ghostbusters for undervalued women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which are all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm going to go to this thing. Yeah. And you know, some time had passed and I was starting to feel a little, my career was stalling, yeah. right? I, again, felt like I had like really strong, good output and I was mm-hmm. proud of the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it was kind of like every year still not getting promoted. You know, right. it was like, okay, you you make a bunch of like good salary steps. You make a bunch of good promotional steps. And then, you know, we talk about this 22% of women don't make it past middle management. Mm-hmm. You get to that point where you're getting to like the real power and women just get boxed out of those roles. So right. I was feeling really restless in my career. And I went to this ladies get paid event talking about imposter syndrome. And, you know, when you find out that you're making that much less money than someone, you, it put me in a really, like, do I have any grip on my value yeah, totally. on this earth right now? Right. You know, It becomes an existential crisis yeah. in a way. Yeah, and you internalize that and you think like, mm-hmm. well, it like must be me, mm-hmm. right? But then, you know, I showed up to this Ladies Get Paid event and there's like a hundred women in this room talking about experiencing literally the exact same thing as me, right? And you're like, when you see it, you're like, oh, okay, it's not me. Yeah. Not it me, it not me. (laughs) You know, like, and I was like, oh, okay. And I was feeling, again, like, really restless at the time. You know, the topic of women in work has always been something that I've been really passionate about. You Uh know, I've always been an ambitious little little one. Um, But, you know, I was like, wow, you don't, this is, like, a kind of thing that I should be, like, doing more of. And I, like, rolled up to Claire and I'm like, Hey, what are you like doing with this thing? And she's like, "Oh my god, help me, please!" <laughs> it was just me, yeah. And I was hosting these events once a month for a hundred plus women, managing the Slack group, yeah. Um, and and which and all of that was great, and I was very good at it. Uh-huh. And I actually wasn't too exhausted, but I was I was seeing where my skills were ending, mm-hmm. which was how do you actually grow it? Mm-hmm. So I'm very good at starting something. I'm very good at creating community and the programming, but what's the long term? plan here. And right. I had a sense of how we would make money, but I, I don't do spreadsheets. I, I really saw... I, I don't do spreadsheets. I just don't do them. And so again, I saw that I could get this to an eight-month mark where we had probably a couple thousand people, mm-hmm. you know, so it was it was thriving. Yeah. But it wasn't going to go beyond a project in a way. It was just kind of a project. Totally. And I needed somebody to really make it a business. Right. Um, but you... Ashley basically hired herself in the sense that she just started to pitch in and like on a volunteer basis at first. Yeah. I mean, it. I knew there was going to get to a point when I was going to do this full time. Mm-hmm. But 
It (laughs) Ashley recently admitted to me that she thought that I had a lot of money and that she was positioning herself for a high paid job with me. That's not that is not at all. But it's similar. Let me tell you what I said where Claire was like, do you want to work with me? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, how much money do you have? And she was like, nothing. And I was like, okay, I see what's up here. Ladies not getting paid with me. No, but I mean. Every lady but us. Yeah, Yeah. I think there's just such – this is so important, right? And I didn't see – you know, there's a lot of kind of career-focused groups, but Uh I didn't see one that I felt felt like me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back to the conversation with my boss that I had, right, like I wish I knew exactly where to go and who to talk to about that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want ladies get paid to be, right? Like – Yes, you should absolutely be talking about your work and your salary and your money with your friends and the people you work with and the people around you. But, you know, you want to talk to someone who feels like they understand what you're going mm-hmm. through. And, you know, to Claire's point of when we were doing this in the beginning, you know, she saw people in Omaha and San Diego and Grand Rapids and San Francisco saying, when are you bringing this to me? Mm. You know, and I think the demand for what we do, like people need this and mm-hmm. they want it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, for me, it took a really long time for me to be able to quit my job full time. I was doing like after work on the weekends. Yeah. You know, Claire had a bunch of startups that she started. Totally not at all. If you had asked me three years ago, like, would you ever be an entrepreneur? I'd be like, <laughs> absolutely not. Right. Like, no, that's like not my thing. Yeah. It took me a really long time to get to the point where, I felt comfortable and I felt like the business was kind of – I could see that it was going to – I I felt like it was going to work. And mm-hmm. then we, like, started the money, started coming in more, and I finally got comfortable enough to pull the trigger and actually quit my job. But, I mean, even then, it's only been something that I even, like, self-identify as an entrepreneur, like, very recently. And, like even. last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. No, but, I mean, it – it's been really hard for me to like adjust to the whole thing. I mean, the the risk and the volatility and the emotional up and down where you can have literally the best day of your business and the worst day of your business at the same time. Right. Oh, yeah. And learning to manage all that. And like, you know, even the beginning, I was like, where's the money come from? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't get a paycheck. I'm like, right? faith. Faith, baby. That's where it comes <laughs> Do you know from. What I mean? Like, that, it was all like, it was something I, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm like amazing at it now. I'm much more comfortable now. But mm-hmm. it was like very, very, very a hard adjustment for me. But this was just, again, this thing that I felt so passionately about. I found it at the right time in my life. And I was just like, yeah, this is, like, the thing that I'm going to do. Not to be that, like, better O'Rourke, but, like, I was born to be in it, man. <laughs> she was. Very, I sometimes you joke, need to dump yeah. on the table and say that to really embody better. I respect people's cleanliness and their right counters and their workplaces too much to step on their furniture, but it's not very better like. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll go into this later, but Ashley quit her job, and one week later, we were sued. Oh, yeah. Well, let's get into yeah. it now. Yeah. Talking that about was, that reverse discrimination. Yeah. I mean, you know, something that we felt like was necessary and important was making space for women to be vulnerable and get real and talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are statistics then you put one man in the room and women speak 70 percent less. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're not being heard. And I think especially kind of the time 
of life and our recent country timeline, right? Yeah. You know, this was like very post 2016 kind of feeling. Uh-huh. And it really felt like we like needed a minute to get our shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we're like, these events are gonna be for women, uh-huh. right? We're gonna do it for women to come here. We said female well, identifying and non-binary was so if you present as a woman could attend. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so I would on the invitations I would write, no boys allowed, smiley face. So cheeky. But that's that's <laughs> illegal. And you not know what? legally cheeky. Right. Just is it illegal? Cheeky. It's illegal, right? It's discrimination. If How you does say, the lane do it? They don't. In places like that. Oh, they don't. They've changed their policy. Oh. We, you know, and I think us and them both, you know, we, well, I guess to kind of talk about what then uh-huh. happened. Uh-huh. Sure, I'll take it. Take it away, Claire. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so at that point, we we had events happening all over the country. We'd established committees in about nineteen cities. So these ambassadors and, and the whole thing's profit share. Mm-hmm. And this is a week after Ashley quit her job, and it is one week before our first conference. So great time. Uh, not that there's ever a good time to be sued. But we get this email from our San Diego ambassadors uh-huh. who say, you know, we hosted a happy hour a little while ago, but the bar just got a notice that they're being sued and that you're person- – And so are you. And so are you. <laughs> and also you personally, you know, so not just Holy they – So, you know, ladies get paid, Claire Wasserman and this bar. And, and apparently this man – and emphasis on apparently. Apparently, this man tried to go to the event, was turned away at the door, and he filed a lawsuit, right? So this is gender discrimination. Uh, we Google his name, and we discover that he is part of a cohort of men who have sued similar organizations 300 times, at wow. least 300 times. But not just organizations like mine. We're also talking about the Oakland A's. Huh. Uh, also, these organizations uh, with big pockets. And they're suing them for things like, you know, at the Oakland A's, I think they, they handed out hats to women on Mother's Day. Wow. And these guys said, well, I didn't get a hat, so I'm suing you for gender discrimination. And were they winning these lawsuits? Well, nobody was going to court. So, yeah. They were settling? Yeah, so things? I just want to make – so this was in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're suing under the Unruh Civil Rights Act, okay, okay. which is why this is even more stomach-churning because it is a civil rights act, which was obviously put into place to protect marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. But now these guys are using it. And in a civil rights case, if you get sued and you decide to go to court, there's a one-way attorney fee, which means if we had decided to go to court, we would have had to pay their legal fees if we lost. But the reverse wouldn't have been true. So it puts a lot of financial pressure um, to settle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so people don't go to court. And then th- what happens with that is that there's no precedence that's set. Right. So then you're even more de-incentivized to go to court because you can't confidently point to a prior ruling, right? right. And so we, we look this guy up and we're like, oh, this is really big. This is this is not just this one guy. This is, I mean, there was a, an organization that's called the National Coalition for Men. And he's a part of it. And again, now we're all talking about it, but at the time, this underbelly of the internet, uh, things like incels, right, men's rights activists, they're called mm. MRAs, this was a vocabulary that I knew nothing about. This is 2016? Um, at this point, yeah, it 2017, was 2017. 2017. I also don't use Twitter, um, which is why— Bold choice? I, well, uh, well, if I was on Twitter, I'd probably have known about these kinds of guys before. Uh-huh. Um, so when we found out about this, I don't know how surprised Ashley was since she's active on Twitter, but this was my— oh, my God, the world isn't fair. You know, I knew the world wasn't fair, but this was that moment totally. for me. Uh, and also recognizing how privileged I was to never have known this stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and then we realized, okay, well, we got to change 
our program. I mean, we have to let men in. That wasn't even a question. It was like, I'm not trying to get sued again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, we were at a point where we had many, many thousands of women in our organization. So if you host an event for 100 women and five guys come, like, we're okay at this point. So we call up all the committees and we say, rules change, let men in. Okay. Our Los Angeles committee tells us that a month prior they hosted an event. It was like the day before. Oh, it was only the day before? Yeah. Oh, shit. So they say, well, guess what? A guy came and tried to come to ours. Uh, It was a town hall called Boundaries and Burnout. So these women were trying to, like, zen out. And uh, it was two men who actually came, and they were turned away. Okay. Then it was explained, the policy was explained why we do this, Uh you know, that they're welcome to come to future events. And we look up those men's names because they had RSVP'd, and we see that they're part of this (sighs) cast of characters that go around suing. Wow. So now we go, well, oh, this is, again, so much bigger than Mm -hmm. we thought. Mm -hmm. We didn't end up finding out. I mean, we didn't end up getting sued for L.A. for a while. And that, in a sense, was worse because you're just waiting. You know it's coming. You know it's coming, but you also hold on to a glimmer of hope. Like, maybe it won't happen. Maybe they forgot. (laughs) Uh, But then we discovered, okay, so we're getting sued in L.A., but this time it's even worse. They're suing the venue. They're suing me personally. They're suing ladies get paid. Okay, we can handle that. But now they're also suing the sponsors. So we had a food and bev sponsor. Wow. And they sued six of the women who helped organize the event. Holy shit. That's the biggest problem to me was that these these women who are dedicating their time to help us. Right. I mean, it's a profit share, but they're not making much money. Uh This is a labor of love. Uh And to have their name on a lawsuit. I mean, one woman was on a visa here. Oh, man. You know, and, and one woman was pregnant. I mean, it was like, again, never a good time to be sued, but this is really bad. Yeah. And then we're looking at, wow, this is going to be really fucking expensive, too. Uh-huh. And we didn't know any lawyers. <sighs> All right. And again, this was one week before our conference. Wow. So, you know. Wait, this you know, happened and these two suits came in the same week? Just the one in San Diego came. We had one in October, one in December. We okay. missed, like, warning someone. Okay. To let men in by, like, one day. Got it, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this whole thing took about eight or nine months to to settle, uh, in large part because they just – they took forever to serve me. They served <laughs> everybody else. Oh God. They even served they our – Couldn't find you. Well, they, they couldn't find me, but also they – this is a great end to the story. Uh, they, well, they actually served the ambassadors at one of the events that they hosted. They went up – literally, one of them was going on stage to, to welcome everybody, and they handed her the papers. Wow. So they were doing this in a very public, you know, dramatic fashion. And so I'm thinking, well, when the fuck is this going to happen to me? Like, mm-hmm. when, And so you leave your apartment. I'm like, is somebody watching? Right? Because they hire these um, – I mean, I don't know if you've watched The Good Wife. Yeah, no, that's what I think of, like, how I've seen it in movies and TV – for so long and I'm like does that really happen yes sometimes for us (laughs) no well well okay so well okay so I mean we're every time you leave the house yeah you know you're waiting I actually this was the upside of me having like not been employed by ladies get paid yet (laughs) Uh like I was in the clear I had to emotionally deal with all this but you know I would leave like anywhere first and like take a look oh around God. you know I'm like <laughs> Ashley wasn't on the LLC I'm like we have a you know oral agreement here that you'll get equity I promise you'll get yeah, it yeah, but yeah. for now yeah, we, we did a backdated agreement when it was all over we did we did it and and so the day that I got served was the day of the women's march oh my god yeah yeah so uh so this is gonna make a great movie though right well, it's such good material you better invite me back when we do that so oh. so yeah ladies One get day. sued I, I definitely have that well so the idea quickly is that mm-hmm. you know what happens if a group of women got together and and they're like, you know, I'm not going to change the policy. 
well, what do you, how do you do this legally? Well, there's a couple of ways. You can become a sorority, you can make a religion, or you can make a cult, right? <laughs> oh, my God. And, and so this, you know, in the movie version— these, I mean, it's not a stretch that, you know, we're my cult. religious belief oh, okay. would be women only. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> not a stretch here. <laughs> yeah, and, and so the idea with the film, you know, it's like these women just—they learn while well, they go to college. Okay, how do you create a sorority? They go to Scientology. How do you create a cult, you know? And, and so you have to find the humor in these things, yeah. but we weren't laughing for the nine months we were dealing with this. Sure. Worst worst experience I've ever had in my whole life. So how did this net out? Uh, we had to, we settled out of court, as mm-hmm. is what happens. I mean, you know, we have talked to a number of kind of civil rights organizations. There is a body of thought that we're fairly confident would allow for some kind of marginalized groups to meet without the people who oppress them, uh-huh. right? If it's a good cause. Right. Um, but, you know, if we went to court and we won, the absolute, and we won, the best case scenario for that was it would probably cost like half a million dollars in two years of my life. Right. And that's what happens. You know, it's the same thing as these, you know, patent trolls, right? Mm-hmm, these people mm-hmm. sue. It's just cheaper to settle out of court. Mm-hmm. So you do. Um, so we settled out of court. Uh, with them and then we're saddled with very large legal bills and Mm -hmm. expenses Um, and so we well before we get into that Ashley can you tell the story of when we were doing research to figure out if there was a possibility that we could win and and Ashley did discover that there was a person who went to court and beat these guys oh and had a similar same guys yeah Mm -hmm. uh, yeah yeah same guy Uh, Uh, the one time that they lost in court was uh, to Donald Trump. No way. So, you can't make this shit up. So, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Donnie Boy has a golf course. He would be the one in, loser. You know, no, he was the winner. He, oh, won. he was the winner. So, oh. so Donnie has a, a golf course in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And uh, during the month of October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they were giving women discounts on um, greens fees, right? So, like to play golf okay. at the golf course. Um, this was a combination of a we're raising awareness for a public policy issue, which is breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and women are disadvantaged in business because they don't know how to play golf or they don't play golf as much. Right. So this is the argument that Donald Trump so, made. So they went to court and they won off of that argument, which was I'm like sitting here being like, can I emulate Donald Trump? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. What else in my life? Am I like, good job, <laughs> Donnie? Seriously. Like, whatever. Um <laughs> But, you know, so there is some kind of existing Uh thought there Uh that we should be able to do this. Sure. Um, I mean, it's not a problem anymore. Like, you know, it's fine. But we. Was this a big setback for the business? (gasps) Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was totally existential. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was our neither of us have, you know, someone else with an income Uh supporting us. Right. And. Starting a business is hard enough, and mm-hmm. then you have this, like, super intense, crazy, scary, existential, expensive, emotionally awful thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys don't believe that we should exist. I mean, that we shouldn't do this at all. They, these are the guys who don't believe in the wage gap. Right. So, I mean, it's a culture war. Yeah. And and then we felt like we got sucked up into this vortex of, of the zeitgeist and then had this realization— well, we perpetuated the culture. I mean, we we put our stake in the ground and we said we stand for this. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a funny realization of like we caused this too in a way and, and feeling proud of it. Right. right so right. it's interesting. I used to really suffer from imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. but going through this lawsuit 
Ooh, I have never felt more confident in my life really? now. Oh, because it completely validated the work that I'm doing, first huh. of all, that there's a need, but also that I'm strong enough to take it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to sue me, then I better be strong. Right. Um. I mean, that don't sue me again. I'm not, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, right. But there was, we gained a lot of strength. So it's like we were crumbling over these eight, nine months, mm-hmm. but then developed our muscle and our tolerance for, for bad shit, yeah, yeah. I guess. And, and. But, you know, the setback, yes, it was emotional setback, but we also didn't do the big things that we wanted to do, right? We have a lot of brand partnerships, but we weren't really pitching enough of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, instead of doing a huge conference, we did like a medium-sized conference. Mm -hmm. So we just didn't, we weren't able to make big strides in the way that we wanted to. I mean, it was, it was work, Yeah. right? I mean, you're on the phone with your lawyers, you're like trying to balance all these things, you're figuring out how are we going to pay for this? Totally. Which, you know, we did end up turning lemons into cash. Okay. So, oh, yeah. We, <laughs> you know, we said, all right, if we're sucked up in the zeitgeist, let's use the zeitgeist and just kind of knock this one out of the park here. We did a crowdfunding campaign. Amazing. Right? And well, also, we, so, you know, because we're entrepreneurial, we said, well, let's make a whole brand campaign. Like, this is an unexpected marketing cost for us. Let's uh-huh. look at it that way. And so we purchased ladiesgetsued.com. Oh my God. So please go to it. It's still up and, and hired an art director and created a whole brand identity around this lawsuit and wow. the crowdfunding. Made a great video, worked with a platform called iFundWomen. Shout out to them. And <clears throat> launched this thing, but I have to say, I mean, Ashley, do you remember when we pressed send on the it's newsletter? Terrified. I like laid down on the carpet, <laughs> and which was kind of meta in the sense that we help women. You know, we say to women, "You've got to ask for money, be bold." But when when it came time for us to ask our community for money, uh-huh. I, I just had so much angst about it. Like it's the worst feeling in the well, world. You know what I mean? In retrospect, uh-huh. it's kind of like, of course, this was fine, but at the time. It was like if our community didn't come and save us, we were done. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was it, right? Well, uh, what platform did you use? iFundWomen. Oh, okay. Dot com. Yeah, it's um, a great platform for um, entrepreneurs and companies that have a female founder attached to them. And uh-huh. they have a great community. They give resources to help you kind of plan out your campaign. I would say we're not the typical use case. Uh-huh. For, you know, <laughs> it's mostly for women who want to start their business. And if you're talking about, right, like raising money as a woman, it's much harder. You know, we all don't have the like friends and family round who can like a bunch of people drop you a cool 10K and like not give a shit. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for us, it was a no brainer, of course, to use them. Um, but, you know, we treated it basically as almost a product launch. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did an embargoed press campaign. We had a website. We had a video. We had like, T-shirts designed. Yeah. T-shirts. And it's still and just the two of you doing yeah. all of this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we had creative. Mm-hmm. We had a whole plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we hit send. And, you know, I'm the one with our Instagram on my phone. Uh-huh. And it was just like. <sighs> I mean, it was crazy. It was like a bomb went off. It yeah. was like Claire was like laying on the ground. Still. I just shut my laptop. Uh, it's <laughs> like I can't I can't look at that. I mean, it was going so well, but it's right. so intense. Plus, we didn't talk about this for like the eight, nine months that it was happening mm. because we couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's right. like community facing. No one knew this was happening. No one knew. You right. know? And, I'm, and I'm, I'm largely the one community facing, you know, so I'm giving talks and I'm yeah. getting on stage and I had to pretend like everything was fine. Right. But now finally opening up, I mean, being vulnerable to the community mm-hmm. and also, you know, we don't we don't ever ask them for money. Like it's free to join Ladies Get Paid. Right. If you choose to come to an event, it's like fifteen dollars at most. Yeah. Um, and so this I think was gonna be the real test of are we a business? Uh-huh. 
right? Like we Do know people give a shit about right. what we're doing. Well, I mean, we knew that they cared, but if you don't put your money where your mouth is, then we're just not going to exist, mm-hmm. lawsuit or not. Right. Um, so this was going to be a moment of reckoning for us. And how much did you raise? Well, we're still in business. So you all know that, <laughs> that yep. it ended well. <laughs> we we raised $116,000 wow. in three weeks from 2,000 people. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think so that people do give a shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think yeah. that too was a moment also where, you know, it's like, yeah, like this thing definitely needs to exist. I mean, people came out of the woodwork. It yeah. was crazy. I yeah. mean, it really was emblematic of kind of the moment that we're living in right now yeah. where like we're just trying to live out here and we're getting just like choked by the white men, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, just leave us alone, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just leave us alone to do it. But who are the who are some of the most uh, surprising contributors? Good question. Uh, Glenn Livett Whiskey. Oh, yeah, interesting. Man. They, they put us over the edge. They, yeah. they, Did you have a relationship nope. there? or uh, No, I mean, we have members everywhere. And, you know, someone who was working there, um, they, you know, were in the process of thinking about, you know, doing outreach to women. And, you know, when we spoke to the woman, uh, she said, you know, my friend lives in D.C. And she went to one of your events and she told me about it. And she said it was just Absolutely amazing. I think she got a job through Ladies And she Get got paid. like her dream job. And she's wow. like, so when I saw this happened and I knew that we were, you know, looking to do more outreach to women, it was a no-brainer. Like, yeah. of course we wanted to do this. Right. Um, Wait, and when we, you say someone got a job through Ladies Get Paid, what does that mean exactly? Good question. So as part of our Slack group, we have a channel that's um, for jobs. Okay. And so – Job listings? Job listings. Uh, and then women constantly are connecting and saying, well, we should get coffee together. Okay. So she'd gone to a Ladies Get Paid event, but through that joined Slack and, and was able to get access to somebody who oh, cool. gave her an interview. Yeah, because I was going to ask if you guys can – actually tangibly track the success of what you're doing Not to some really. extent. But with that that kind of thing you can. I guess that's more anecdotal. Well, but... so we call it our party anecdotes because okay. it really <laughs> it's only when we're at parties that somebody comes up to us and starts crying and tells mm-hmm. us that we changed their life. I, that happens every single time. Okay. I'm like Send us a testimonial. Like, we don't, I mean, we yeah. think it's working because people are on it, but I mean, we, we can don't know. see that in our Slack channel, there's thousands of messages that are like, engaged every day right? right and we know that the number of people who want to come to our events is i mean we should just like do a survey but i mean we get emails constantly where someone's like hey i took your salary negotiation class and i make forty thousand dollars more than i used to now yeah you know and like where's our commission right yeah. wait because i did read somewhere like i think claire you said um you were teaching a workshop where women on average got a $20,000 raise after taking it. That's just been in surveys. Oh, okay. But, what, you know, we've got 30,000 oh. 30, women in our community. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we... Yeah, we can... I mean, we send out a survey after sure. we've taken our salary negotiation course and got we can take those people. But, you know, it's pretty open source right now, right? Yeah. There are people going in. They're finding people. They're dropping jobs in. Mm-hmm. And it's a very... You know, I think the spirit of Ladies Get Paid lives in these women so much in that, you know, it's this place where like, yes, I'm coming to do my own stuff and to help myself, but I also want to help every other person in here. Totally. Right? Like women have to get up into those leadership positions because we have to pull each other up too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, we can never really know, like, again, the best thing to do is do a survey, but like, there's no real way for me to be like, oh yeah, like I'm responsible for thousands of jobs when we are. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, yeah, how it works. How much of this is you guys feeling like you're playing therapist a bit to Ooh. people? Good, you yeah. I, I kind of look at what we do as part catharsis, part curriculum. Yeah. 
Um, so I went across the country last year and I hosted town halls in, in these 19 cities that uh-huh. we then launched the committees. And I saw about 6,000 women. Topic was always money. What does it mean to you? And mm-hmm. it was always a town hall. So mm-hmm. everybody was encouraged to speak up. And in that room was the catharsis, mm-hmm. right? But then they go into Slack or they go to the class. And then that's where the catharsis translates into action, mm. right? You need to have a release, this release and relief. Um, and the emails that I get all the time after these events are, are always, you know, I thought I was the only one. Right. Right. And, and now realizing that you're not crazy, you're not isolated, that's where you have that sigh of relief. Uh-huh. But then you need to learn the skills. So right. the first step is always the catharsis. Right. Um, so, you know, but then I joke, I'm not a licensed therapist, so please don't yeah. hold me accountable. Totally. And funnily enough that you mentioned this, uh, we actually created a spreadsheet um, where people can put in uh, recommendations for therapists. Uh, That's huge. Yeah. No, because p- part of why I ask is because I've started to talk about some of these issues with my therapist, and she's not totally qualified to talk about them in the sense that, like, I don't know. I think she's in her late 50s, maybe. And uh, I don't get a sense that she's ever worked for like a big company and had to navigate certain things that I'm talking to her about. And she, I don't know, she was telling me for herself in a random apartment for a long time. Yeah, exactly. As therapists do, especially in New York. And she was encouraging me the other day to like have more empathy for the older men in my company who are facing their own extinction in the workplace and that they're all like dealing with their own struggles. Then we got into like a not all men debate. And oh, God. It like really spiraled. And I was trying to steer us back into some kind of middle ground. And I was like, OK, I don't feel like this is the right place to talk about this. Yeah, I think um, I think when you're exploring workplace issues, I mean, it all comes back to, you know, do you value yourself or are you advocating for that value? And right. then are you being recognized and rewarded? Right. So the kind of work we're doing, it has to be done in tandem. Uh, even thinking about wellness, right? Mm-hmm. We always think wellness is about sort of physically you feel good, mentally you feel good, but then you go into work. Let's say it's a toxic environment or, you know, you're Ashley and you're not getting paid enough, right? That has to be part of the wellness discussion at two, right? Mm-hmm. What does wellness at work look like? So we're, you know, we're a piece of something, you know, you should be getting a career coaches, therapy, I mean, you know, if you can afford these things. Sure. Speaking of which, that spreadsheet we made, yeah. I then created a column that said, do they take insurance? If so, which one? Yeah, yeah. that's the huge question. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Especially in New York, no one can actually afford the therapy that we all need. It's rough. We just we Ashley, make it work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is off record, but Ashley just booked her first therapist appointment. Oh, it was yay. very exciting. It was a lot, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big believer, but welcome to knock the... me out, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's emotionally exhausting. Yeah. And then you Hopefully go to work there. and you're also exhausted there. So. Word, exactly. Um, okay. So before we wrap up, will you guys please do a round of the hot takes wheel with me? I love the takes. Okay. Piping hot. Uh, it's a poorly constructed wheel, but hopefully the topics are well constructed. So will one of you can I a pop hard... into the conversation you had with your therapist really quickly yes, about please. kind of men facing I, their own extinction? When in the I workplace? heard not all men, I, I could feel Ashley being like, uh-huh. yeah. Well, you know, it's something that kind of there's this whole narrative about right now. And I always think that kind of like parallel between like work and politics right now is mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, there's also this conversation about how these male politicians now are like, well, yeah, man, it's a disadvantage to be a white man right. running for office right now. Right. And it's like literally every president we've ever had except for one is a white man. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, every VP. There are less women who run Fortune 500 companies 
now than there were a year ago, right? There are more men running Fortune 500 companies named John than there are women running Fortune 500 <laughs> you companies. You know, and it's just kind of, you're talking Is that about, real? Yeah. 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 You know, you're talking about, like, internalized sexism mm-hmm. and, like, just that they feel so attacked by the thought of the status quo right. changing, right? right? They I feel mean, attacked by the thought of equality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to them, equality feels like oppression right. because they're just used to being the ones that are always there. They always look like them. Right. And we're used to not be. And it's just very interesting how, you know, all of a sudden we jump to, you know, thinking that men are extinct right now. I mean, at the Oscars this year, there what was there not even a female director that was right. nominated? Correct. You know, it, it, it's easy to think because of this kind of, again, we're talking about the zeitgeist here. Yeah. You know, the Internet isn't the real world. Right. Where we right. feel like, you know, it's like, yeah, we're taking over everything. Then you look at the actual facts there and it is like, absolutely not. Totally. You know, and it's just not. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how much empathy am I supposed to have for a man just because maybe he's also worried about his life as we all are, but has still been afforded every privilege mm-hmm. throughout his entire career? And like, do I really need to take that into account when I'm thinking about my career? I don't mm-hmm. think I mean, that's as long as you're I'm acting at. respectfully and, sure. you know, and thoughtfully, sure. But right. I mean, also the fact that 80 percent of leadership are men. So for some of them to go instinct, yeah. I'm OK with that. Plus, <laughs> right. I don't think we're going to get to 50 50. And I do want to mention that companies do better financially when there's diversity in leadership. Mm-hmm. There are tons of statistics out there that prove that it's not just equality for equality's sake or because it's ethical. It's I mean, do you want to make money? Invest in black women. They're the ones who are the fastest growing entrepreneurial segment in the U.S., right? And they received 0.02% of VC funding. Mm-hmm. When you're getting into the decimals. That's not good, mm-hmm. right? They make money. Why wouldn't you want to fund them? If, you know, your company would improve the bottom line by having diversity and leadership, why would you not do that? Right. right? I thought we're in a capitalist society, so shouldn't we make decisions that are in the interest of making money? Totally. But then we don't. Is that a matter of education? Like companies just aren't educated about that or also they probably don't want to hear it. They know. McKinsey report has come out multiple times. Yeah. They they do know this. But then I get I think it gets to that, you know, well, I just want to hire somebody or promote somebody, you know, who's the most qualified. Right. right. Why? You know, pattern matching, mm-hmm. you know, gotta mm-hmm. move fast. And we like need to like not have risk here. And again, because all of these People in leadership positions are men. They mm-hmm. see people who look like them mm-hmm. and they assess that as I know exactly what that is and that's what I want because like this is what we've defined the kind of person who fills this role as. Totally. And also I think um, the hiring practices, if a company encourages referrals, well, then like, you know, knows like. So if, if you know, the men in leadership are referring other men, then they'll get into leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's the self-perpetuating Which tends cycle. Which thing women don't do. Oh, yeah. interesting. You know, women don't really do business with each other in a way where we are like tangibly trying to put money in each other's pockets. And I think we have. What's that about? I think, you know, there's a lot of, it kind of comes back to the, you know, if my company felt like I was, I should get paid more, they would just pay me more, you know, and this kind of fairness Uh thing where like, you know, if they thought I would should get it, I would get it. Yeah. But then you kind of get to this point where I totally just lost my train. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I often wonder about why um, more. Oh, exp- I remember yeah. now. Okay. Uh, we feel like we're 
like cheating almost or something. Like I shouldn't Mm -hmm. like, did I really earn this if Mm -hmm, my friend mm -hmm. helped me get it? We're like men. It's like not even a thing at all. Like they'll just roll in and be like, I think you should hire my buddy for this. Right. And we never do that. And, you know, we feel weird. But again, we shouldn't. Right. No, we should not. That's a that is a male behavior that we should do. Right. Is. Hire our hiring friends? our hiring our friends, yeah. If they're qualified, sure. But like, of course they are. Well, I mean, I mean. <laughs> Jesse's thinking about her friend group. Oops, don't yeah, get right. offended. I mean, look, don't do anything <laughs> dumb. But like, we never consider that, right? Sure. We're like, oh, well, like I have to go through the normal channels of doing this thing, and that's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. outside the bounds of normal. Totally right. And yeah. we're like, no, I'm a good girl. I keep my head down. I don't disrupt. It yeah, would be yeah. weird of me to go in there and just be like, hire my friend. Right. But like, men literally do that all the time. Yeah. One thing I want to mention off of that is the fact that many women don't feel comfortable talking about how much they're paid uh, with their friends. There, yep. That could be a whole podcast in mm-hmm. and of itself of why money is taboo to talk about. Mm-hmm. But recently, I, you know, I asked this woman, well, what's holding you back, right, besides just general discomfort? And she said that she was worried that if she told her friend how much she was making, that it would make her friend feel bad. Yeah. And I said, well, you have an option But that's here. real, right? No, it's a real thing, right? But I said, you're also doing her a disservice mm-hmm. because now she's never going to talk about it. friend how, doesn't know she needs to make more money. Right, right, right. So there's that. And I also say, I mean, you have a choice. <clears throat> Let's say if you told her how much you're making, you know, that setting that behavior. Sorry. If you start talking about money, that might improve your ability to make money. So let's say maybe you'll get $20,000 more by just simply starting to talk about this, mm-hmm. right? But you want to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. Is staying quiet worth losing $20,000? Right. And when I have said that to women, they go, oh, (laughs) I was like, there's real money here that you're losing just by the fact that we're not having this conversation. Totally. Um, And also when you start talking about this, I think you should say, this is awkward. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it. Take the air out of it. You know, or I don't want, you know, I've been hesitating to have this conversation because I didn't want to make you feel bad, but Mm -hmm. I've gone to Ladies Get Paid and I realize this is just not serving any of us. Right. For anyone listening, if you need to use us as your excuse for doing things like talking about money or asking for a raise, you know what I mean? Like, I think that was kind of like the first use case of Cheryl Sandberg, you know, like going and be like, Cheryl would be upset with me if I didn't ask for a raise. And like, if you need to use us to like deflect some of that, like, Go do it. Um, right. Actually, funny story off of that is uh, a friend of mine has a company, and he told me that this woman who negotiated with him, he ended up hiring her. She was like a tough negotiator. And I don't know if he asked her, you know, wow, you're really good at negotiating or something. And she, she mentioned that she's a member of Ladies Get Paid, not knowing that this was a friend of mine. <laughs> And he comes to me and goes, wow, you are training this women. women. That's and I, hilarious. And I was like, well, did you give it to her? And he said, oh, yeah. I get, and I was really impressed that she also talked about her process of understanding her worth and the the work that she did. And that she was, you know, educated. Yeah. But I love that randomly. That's this woman amazing. mentioned us and had that person go, oh, I know, Claire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it helped her maybe. Yeah, no, yeah. Th- and that's true too. Yeah. Uh, and he was actually one of the people who told me that I should quit my job and do oh. ladies get paid full time. So he's kind of our our one man ally that we have. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, do you guys think there's also this thing of like women who have gotten pretty far and have been in the business for a while feel like nobody helps them, and mm-hmm. so they are hesitant to go out of their way to help other women? I think that was our, maybe like our mother's generation or right below. I think that's changing now that you're seeing more groups like ours. Right. I think that exists in more of these like traditional old school kind of workplaces where like banking and law, right, where you're kind of on a track, Mm -hmm. right? You Mm -hmm. like come in, there's levels, there's steps that you follow. Mm -hmm. um, And it's like, 
yeah, well, I was treated like shit when I had to go through this. Yeah. So you have to be treated like yeah, shit. Yeah, there's a kind of an abusive culture in those kinds yeah. of You know, industries. which is kind of... media too, though. I mean, a lot of different kinds of yeah. industries, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that's just like a generational, we have to wait it out? <laughs> I yeah. think, you know, it's important for us to talk about the kind of bosses we want to be and then mm-hmm. when we become them, just be that boss. Yeah. One one suggestion I would have if you are in an envi- actually you should do this anyway, even if you're not in an environment where you don't feel support- supported, I would suggest doing Shine Theory. So, yeah, so Call Your Girlfriend, major shout out to that podcast. Uh, the two co-hosts, Aminatu Sao and Anne Friedman, coined this phrase, Shine Theory. And so what it essentially is, is publicly recognizing another woman. So, Jesse, let's say we're in a meeting. You have a really good idea. You talk about it. And then later on in the meeting, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to go, Jesse, that was an awesome idea, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really powerful about that, uh, two reasons. One, using somebody's name, mm-hmm. right? They have to be recognized by using their name. And second, it's publicly establishing, you know, to everyone, this is the kind of behavior that we want to see here Mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. Um, And it forces everybody to get positive. So if you're not being treated in the way that you want to be, is there another way that publicly you can sort of assert sort of funny it's kind of a power move actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to do that I yeah, just you're realized. like in a little crew at work yeah, yeah. you know like it, it makes you feel like there's you know I think that's the feeling of like ladies get paid too right like we're all on this mission right you know we're doing this thing together and we all just have to like be out here for each other uh-huh I like that yeah, yeah. it reminds me someone at work yesterday was um he was trying to tell me that he had a lot of friends and connections so that I would have confidence in him and what he was doing. But he did this by being like, oh, yeah, I'm boys with so-and-so and, like, such-and-so. Like, we're boys, too. And I was so put off by that mm-hmm. phrase because that makes me feel automatically excluded. Like, yeah, because you're in the boys' club together. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you understand that's not the thing to throw around anymore, right? You know? but Someone said that to me once. He said, you know, so-and-so is my boy, but he uh-huh. was referring to a woman. And, you know, he was, oh, really? Did that make you like it? No. I hated yeah. it. You know, I was just like, <laughs> your boy? And he's like, yeah, man, it's just like a turn of phrase. And I'm like, I'm mad woke <laughs> and I'm a feminist. So, like, yeah, like a girl can be my boy. And I'm like, or you could just use a different word. Yeah. You know, we or could just her like, name. Her name. Yeah. Right? Well, she said he, he used her name. But it's like maybe let's just like not center like male gender as the <laughs> exactly. way that like someone is valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we say dude. We we really whatever. We say dude to each other. We've debated on the show a few times the phrase "Hey guys" using guys for a group. So of somebody, it's people. funny. Somebody in our Slack group programmed uh, the bot. There's a bot where you can you know give it certain phrases that uh-huh. it then will speak up. And and it's <laughs> somebody programmed it where if you say "Hey guys" in Slack, the bot will go. Hey, did you mean and like gives other options? Oh, that's so funny. But I think we turned it off. <laughs> we turned it off. We were like, <laughs> okay, no more policing. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. You know, that was, yeah. Shut it's, up, bot. It was probably a boy anyway. <laughs> exactly. Okay, hot takes wheel. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Okay. Who's going to spin? I'll do it. You can reach. Yeah. Right, wait, hang on. Let me reassemble. I love how Jess is like, okay, hot take. <clears> and then 20 minutes later, <laughs> because we can't stop talking. Hard spin. Oh, that's not. Okay. What are you doing? I don't know. I didn't want to break worry. it. I it's tend to break broken. things. Oh, how do we define inappropriate flirting in the workplace? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the deepest hot take on the wheel. Okay. I can do this one. I can okay. do this one. Look, I think it's a, a kind of nuanced conversation that uh-huh. has to be had here. Uh-huh. <laughs> we spend a lot of time at work, and I think increasingly more people are choosing where they work because they want to work with like-minded people, mm-hmm. right? Right. 
And like, again, we're at work all the time. I think the line for these things always is just kind of like, don't be a weirdo and like, don't be a creep, right? You know, people are like, oh, well, like men are afraid to like have a woman in their office with the door closed. And it's like, what are you, Matt Lauer with like your little rape button here? Right. Like, Control There's yourself. This whole conversation yeah. about how like Me Too is spun totally out of control, and men are not going to mentor women anymore, and it's such a shame because we're holding back our careers because we're having a conversation about inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace. Uh-huh. I think you know it's a little easy because like we hate women to kind of go into that lane. Mm-hmm. But if you really just take a step back, I think it's actually very easy. To really just, like, not be a weirdo creep at work. And it's just be respectful. Don't be a weirdo. Like, don't touch anyone if it, like. Right. I feel like it's kindergarten. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's only it's, hard for people who are creepy. <laughs> you know, right? and I it's, mean, I, yeah. And I think the important thing to kind of talk about with this is, like, not letting people off the hook who do have bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Because that informs future bad behavior from both that person and from other people. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we're still in this place where we're not holding people accountable. You know, everyone's like, oh, my God, like, Harvey Weinstein. It, it, there's, like, four people, really, who have, like, you know, gone down in Me Too. Mm-hmm. The behavior, like, if it's right or wrong, I think the line is just, like, very not blurry here. And it's just sort of, like, use your common sense. And I think the most important thing is that, like, people do need to be held accountable, A. Mm -hmm. B, sexual harassment trainings Mm -hmm. need to happen Mm -hmm. at companies. You know, I think there are industries where, you know, they've gone through a kind of, like, waves of these things. But there are a lot of... You know, you're talking about tech in general right now is like definitely going through a thing where they're totally unregulated. They're let to do whatever they want. And they're having their kind of moment of like we're big, powerful, running the world, puffed up dudes thing. And this was something that we talked about at a Ladies Get Paid event where I really thought about it. And I think a lot of people had a conversation where it was absolutely staggering the number of people who worked at a company that never went through a sexual harassment training. Yeah. And, like, there are very basic things that you can do here. And I will say most sexual harassment trainings are really absurd videos that nobody can take. Yeah, bad. Yeah. And, you know, they use really extreme examples Mm -hmm. of things where it's like, oh, yeah, you're you're not supposed to, like, grope someone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which actually, I guess, is, like, very difficult for most people. You know, I shouldn't even – that's apparently not clear that that's not what you do here. But I think – Yeah, but a lot of people who are harassing in more subtle ways look at that and they're like, I don't do that, so I'm good. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of them are, like, very subtle too, you know. Mm -hmm. It's part of the reason why I – you know, I was working in tech and I was just sort of like, I can't do this anymore. You know, I was going to these conferences in Vegas and everyone's just being, like, gross and Uh disgusting Uh and i think part of this too is just going to be more women in leadership positions yeah that changes a lot of this as well because again right now like there's kind of like one uniform set of behavior that's informing a lot of things and no one to hold them accountable sure um so i think it's kind of let's do some sexual harassment trainings Uh a like b it's really tough but like you have to speak up when you see those things and it's like Anyone listening to this, if you have a situation you feel like you should speak up on, you definitely absolutely should. You should also know that just like it feels really shitty. Like I've done Mm -hmm. it and it 
feels terrible. You know, yes, like you know that you did the right thing and this is the only way these things are going to change. You've done you've spoken up, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For um, a second you meant you harassed, which I was very interested in me. hearing about. I harassed yeah. Claire. <laughs> um no, I mean, look, it doesn't with consent. Feel good, but like it's just the way that it is right now. Like, yeah. you know. Okay, oh, so this is my hot take. Yeah. It's okay that it feels shitty and confusing and that everyone is paranoid good yeah let people be paranoid for a while because it will then swing back to Mm -hmm. some normal again but maybe it's going to be a slightly better normal than it was before so Mm -hmm. it doesn't bother me for a second that some men are feeling scared about this great Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. can only be a good thing personally it thrills me (laughs) yes same um and i would say i you mentioned the word power before Mm -hmm. i think jesse Yeah, I mean, be very careful if you're getting into a relationship with somebody who is less powerful than you. Yeah. That's where, you know, and that was a huge issue that I had at at Cannes, this this festival, because I was there to find clients for for working, not working. Mm -hmm. And so when the men were, you know, harassing me, I needed their business. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you are in a position of power, really recognize the weight that that carries. Yeah. And if you do decide to get into a relationship with somebody that you're working with, have an open conversation about how you're going to navigate these things Mm -hmm. um, so that nobody feels like, you know. Tell HR maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on obviously the policies of your company and and what you ultimately feel comfortable with. But why not just have a discussion with that person of, you know, if we break up, which sucks, like what are we going to do? How do we make this so that it's not awkward? Right. Um, And because I think a lot of times we just – it's ironic. Like you might be sleeping with somebody and then you don't talk to them about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So – yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a toughie. It is. I think you did a great job. It's kind of like a toughie, but also a not toughie <laughs> in a handful of ways. It's a toughie because we're just, we've been so fucked for so long that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's just like, don't be a creepy weirdo. Like, yeah. that's like a threshold there. And you then know, you can just empower stuff. But. Yeah. It's been interesting, though, talking to straight female friends of mine who are in partnerships with men, though, about this because I can tell they're afraid on their partner's behalf. And it, really talking about en- any gender thing is interesting right now with straight wo- straight mm-hmm. women because they are like – in some ways they benefit from patriarchy and pay inequity and all of this. And they see their partners being nervous about Me Too, so they get nervous about it. And when I press them, like, well, why do you think you're nervous? You know, it's like that's very uncomfortable to talk about. So sometimes I think it's easier for me to sit back and be like, yeah, well, guys yeah, should and just I think there's a lot of people up. who are probably – looking back like if you're a man mm-hmm. right like maybe it did something that probably like, you like now you're like man that was like probably inappropriate yes and also women being like yeah i kind of let that happen even though i didn't want to because mm-hmm. like we weren't having these conversations at the kind of level that we're having them now and a lot of people are wrestling with a, a lot of things and it's good and it's hard you know i think a lot of people after the election were kind of like you know we're on this like bad path and mm-hmm. you know we are but i think ultimately we're kind of just like doing the hard work that is necessary now we're not doing enough of it but i do still think we're on the path and we'll get there eventually it's just going slow you know we were like oh yeah we're gonna elect a lady president and now we're like you know what we're like really we're still going down <laughs> and down just hoping but, for a vp at this point right you know what i mean but we're i think it's gonna be slower than we thought mm-hmm. but we are having the conversation and doing the work to eventually at some point hopefully get us there there you go do the work all right where can people follow your work sure so ladiesgetpaid.com 
uh, ladiesgetpaid.com backslash join. It is totally free to join. So you have no excuses if you're listening and you're not part <laughs> and of it. what does that get you to join? Yeah, yeah. So you'll get our weekly newsletter, which has all of our events that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll also get access to that free Slack group that we were talking about, cool. um, which is kind of the magic of what we do. By the way, Ashley, when you texted me once about something you guys were talking about in your Slack group, I legit thought you just meant you and Claire had a Slack group together. I didn't know there was a ladies get paid like member. Which tells me that I have a marketing problem. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, we do also have one that's like technically ladies get paid HQ. But like, you know, it's just me and Claire. Uh Yeah. So that's the best way to get involved. And then, you know, in all social channels, we're at ladies get paid. That's a huge reason why this company is called ladies get paid is because I got the URL. I didn't have to have dashes in my social handles. Uh, So if you don't like the name, I'm I'm not changing it. So, <laughs> yeah. So go to ladiesgetpaid.com. Go to at ladiesgetpaid on all social channels. Um, quick shout out for myself because I would love you all to follow me on Instagram. Yeah. It's at Claire Wasserman XO. Um, you can also go to clairewasserman.com. I do a lot of speaking. I'm writing a book. Um, but my big ask is, is I'd love to have more people on Instagram that I can connect with. And sometimes you might be able to see my dog, Alvy and Claire's Instagram. Yeah, that's actually the most important. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, all the time, to the point where I'm one, like, please be honest if I'm being creepy. It's no. like I'm living vicariously through your dog because you know I really want one. He's all yours. Although we, Ashley and I, are getting a cat. <gasps> are you? So I don't know if they can be friends. Wow. Alvy loves cats. Oh, good. Cats try to swipe at him because they don't understand why this dog is in their face. But that's he'll not keep gonna... coming back for more. We're getting a very particular breed. Um, called a Scottish Fold. Oh. Um, these are one of the most friendliest bre- breeds, okay. and then they sit like a human. So <laughs> like, like on sit on the couch. Yeah yeah, 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 and kind of like, like Buddha style, scratchy belly. You know what I mean? Alby sits like that sometimes too, and he's part Scottish. This is this true. Is a match made in heaven. He does the little like legs out in the back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, also, <laughs> Alby seems to love TV. Yeah, so I've started to be disturbed by that. I think I'm probably watching too much TV <laughs> to the point where now he's like, well, I guess this is what we're doing, and he does legit watch it. Did I send you a picture of him? Yeah. Okay, where and he I was, was like, like mesmerized. Fucked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for coming on the pod. This was great. Thanks um, for having us. We'll yeah. see you at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get your packages. Don't worry. We won't hold them hostage anymore. We had a good time. Word. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.